Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about men of peace and answering some of your questions. Uh, But before we do that, I want to jump over to a commercial real quick. Just remind you of all the great resources we have at PeaceWorks University. PeaceWorks University is our online membership community. And if you are benefiting from the content on the PeaceWorks podcast, then PeaceWorks University is your best next step. You can find out more about PeaceWorks University at chrismoles.org. So I'm coming to you today um, a little under the weather. You can probably hear it in my voice. The last uh, couple podcasts, we've had to reach into the vault of content. I'm still recovering. Uh, but at the time of this recording, we are closing in on the launch of our Men of Peace self-paced course, our uh, digital course. And I wanted to take the time to answer some questions because we've been getting some really good questions And I thought it would be helpful to kind of walk through some of those with you just in case you have some similar concerns. So let's jump right into the, as they used to say, the mailbag, right? Let's jump right in to our questions. Uh, Here's the first one. Men of Peace used to meet on Zoom and included direct coaching with Chris. What prompted this change? And are you confident that this new Men of Peace Uh, self-paced course will produce the same outcomes without the direct coaching option this is a great question that is true Uh, we here at PeaceWorks were in the zoom rooms before zoom rooms were cool as it were we were uh, doing zoom based coaching uh, you know long before uh, COVID Uh, however there, there are some I think good reasons significant reasons Uh, for us to shift the model. So let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk a little bit about outcomes. Yeah, we felt it necessary to change the model because of demand. And uh, I do a lot of different things. Uh, This is not my my full-time job, although I have been involved in intervention for a long time now. Uh, I also pastor a church. I work part-time in corrections, uh, and then everything else that PeaceWorks uh, is involved in as far as education and working with helpers. So the as the demand began to rise, my ability to do direct coaching began uh, to be affected. In fact, there was a, a, se- a season in which we vetted the guys, which was quite a time commitment. I met with um, each applicant for 45 minutes to an hour just to get to know them, ask them questions to see whether or not they were even a good fit. Uh, for the program and again as as demand and requests went up uh, my ability to personally uh, interact with each participant uh, became less and less possible and uh, less and less effective in my mind in fact if you were just to take uh, 10% of the current requests so if you were to take our current list those who are interested in the Men of Peace digital course, the self-paced course, and you were to take just 10% of them, and I were to try to organize 
groups with just 10% of the uh, current interest with the Zoom calls, the homework review, and the online work, that would constitute pretty close to a 40-hour work week uh, of just being online and working. And then in addition to that, <clears throat> if you've heard me talk about this before, usually about 10% of, uh, of the guys in which I, I work with, about 10% of them create additional work through what could be called hassle. There's no other way to, to really word it. Uh, in this work, you're going to get some hassle, meaning some guys are going to try to undermine the process or, um, or undermine you as the facilitator. They're not going to be able to control the process and then uh, will attempt to control you. So that requires extra time and energy. I, so I would guess if, if I were to try to form groups with about 10% of the interest, current interest, uh, we're looking at 50 or 60 hours of commitment a week and uh, with my other ob obligations and responsibilities, uh, it's just not feasible. So we, we look to provide the next best option, what we thought would be the next best resource. And that was to take all of the content and package it together. Now, what we're doing is we're recommending, we can't oversee or, or um, you know, manage every case, but we're recommending that everyone who attempts to go through this course finds accountability, reasonable, um, acceptable accountability. And so, for some guys, it'll look like this. Their counselor will assign Men of Peace as homework, uh, and the guy will purchase the course, and it'll be part of his weekly homework, uh, going through and then reviewing that uh, with his counselor. For others, it'll be building shepherding teams uh, under the oversight of maybe a pastor or a mentor or a counselor, including input from an advocate, and we'll be walking them through how to construct those. And so... The, the course itself is not designed to be done in isolation, although there's no way for us to completely monitor that. So that's what prompted the change. And my confidence level really resides in whether or not the individual is willing to engage in accountability or not. I think accountability is the key. If I were structuring a process as a pastor or a counselor, somebody who's not doing a direct intervention. I would probably require this course as a precursor to counseling care or maybe a live group to say, I really want to see if you're serious and I want to evaluate your homework and I want to, I want to help you get the basics before you engage in a process of change. But certainly, if I was a counselor, I may also use this in conjunction with the work that I'm already doing. So uh, outcomes are really, even with, with me personally coaching guys, outcomes are really up to the individual participants. That's, that's the way this has always been. Um, and it's, it's one of the more difficult aspects of the work because as an interventionist, you will have partners who, who put a lot of hope in you. Um, and the reality is you have you have little you can do. I, I often say the old adage is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you can feed him crackers. I mean, that's really all I have is can I give you the information that makes you thirsty enough to change? 
and the, the, the act of change and transformation and surrender and repentance, those are completely up to the client. So you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll you know, do as much data collection as we can. Uh, we love to collect stories. And uh, my thought is that with good accountability, uh, this will be a phenomenal tool. Uh, without good accountability, um, it could be a marginal tool. It's really up to the individual person. Um, but yeah, I, I have high hopes because the information in my mind is really solid. With that being said, uh, the second question that came in is what kind of content will this course cover and how is it structured? So it's structured in 10 modules. Uh, there's an introduction module that walks the participants through uh, how to use the technology, how to practice self-reflection, the W, the, the course that we're, the, the work that we're going to be doing, how to find success with a program like this, how to build and maintain a shepherding team, and how to submit to accountability. Uh, then there will be seven uh, modules focused on the W, information, transformation, and reformation, with an emphasis on uh, ownership and responsibility and surrender walking through um, behaviors and impacts and intentions, uh, the heart of violence and the mind of Christ, uh, all leading to a point of uh, putting off and putting on towards the, towards the end of the work together. And uh, then it will be uh, end with a concluding module, that'd be module number uh, nine in the whole total, uh, that will walk through a wrap-up and review to make sure to go back over material that maybe you didn't understand early on or you want to clarify now. And then the final module will be a next steps, uh, module 10, kind of be an afterward that will walk you through your next steps, making sure that you're connected to your shepherding team, what type of accountability are you surrounding yourself with, um, what type of expectations should you have for yourself, for your partner, uh, those types of things. So that's the content uh, structured in 12 modules or 10 modules excuse me 10 modules um seven focus on the w an introduction a conclusion and an afterward 10 modules does the here's the third question does this course include the dilute the quality and power and control wheels if so how is it utilized so no we do not directly include uh duluth model material for a couple reasons uh, one it's not our material to use uh, we would have to get permission to use it. And two, we feel like we can communicate the concepts <clears throat> without utilizing uh, the tools. And here's why. As much as I appreciate the equality wheel, we focus in Men of Peace more on uh, theological conformity. Meaning that rather than looking at the equality wheel, we look at aspects like the fruit of the Spirit, um, Aspects of repentance in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Aspects of repentance in Ephesians chapter 4. So what we want to do is we want to set kind of scriptural and theological goals. Moving from, let's say, violence to gentleness. Moving from economic abuse to stewardship. So we will use, I guess, the general categories very similar to the Duluth power and control wheel because there's such good observational material. But we will draw a scriptural thread which will lead us 
in, in a few different directions than just like negotiation, compromise, and fairness, which is kind of a the equality will's goal. And I, nothing against the equality will. I just think the scripture has a more robust um, agenda, a, a more full, fuller picture, um, moving from using the kids to shepherding the kids, moving from emotional abuse and ridicule to support, right? So you're moving from verbal abuse to uh, words that bring life, for instance. So I think there's just a lot of really good scriptural principles that work a little better than, say, the equality will. And um, we do not partner in any way with DAIP, um, and so we will not be using their material directly, although everybody in this work has been influenced um, by that survey uh, that the AIP conducted. Everybody who's in this work has been impacted um, by, um, by the AIP. Question number four. Does the Men of Peace course include put-offs and put-ons throughout, or do you spend the first half of the course putting off and the second half putting on? So really neither. Um, what we tend to do is walk through more of a traditional biblical counseling framework that includes aspects like gathering data, building involvement, instilling hope, giving practical homework. Those type of foundational elements are present within the Men of Peace course, and here's why. At the information stage, that first stage, we really want these uh, individuals, we want participants, to gather as much data and collect as much honest inventory of their own choices and behaviors to really avoid minimization, denial, and blame and focus on themselves. Only then can they turn to this idea of ownership and taking responsibility. You see, at this point, we're not convinced that abusive individuals should jump into the put-offs and the put-ons right away because it can cultivate behavior modification without properly addressing the heart. So we always start with, do I understand to as much as my ability at this point, am I willing to wrestle with the things that I've done and the choices that I've made? Once I've wrestled with that, and I haven't, I'm not just thinking it, I'm inking it, right? I've written it down, I'm looking at it. Am I willing to take ownership of it? After I've taken ownership of it, can I run it through the filter of the gospel? That's transformation. And see that Jesus uh, has provided for this sin. He's positioned me uh, through his blood opposite of these sins. And he's given me practical tools to live um, a, a part of the power of this sin. Can I repent? Will I repent? And then that requires surrender. And then, of course, once I've once we've gotten to that point, and that's probably two thirds of the process, then we start asking that question. You know, now you see all of this. Do you recognize it? And are you willing to own it, repent of it, walk away from it, and now put on? So for me, the put on, put offs, and put ons of Scripture, the progressive sanctification, <clears throat> happens primarily at the local church level after we've done all the dirty work of recognizing and owning our sin. And I think that's one of the missing pieces in this work is that too many guys in particular come to a conclusion that they, they're they sorry they got caught, 
They're sorry they're in trouble. They're sorry this is hurting everybody. They just want to move on with their life. How can I move on? And the real question is not how do you move on? The real question is what, you know, what's God asking of you? What does he require uh, of an individual who's harmed others in this way? So I hope that helps answer the question that the put off and put on discussion doesn't happen till the end because we're, we want to make sure we're putting off the right things and putting on the right things. Uh, here's our last question, <clears throat> and then we'll wrap up. Does the Men of Peace self-paced course focus on the beliefs that motivate abusive behaviors, or is the course focused primarily on the abusive behaviors that need to be put off and those that need to be put on instead? I would like to think we focus on the beliefs. Now, we'd spend a lot of time on behavior, uh, because we really need to know what to repent of. But our, our attempt is to first acknowledge the actions and choices. But with that, acknowledge the impact, understanding how our choices are impacting our partner. And then third, the motivations behind that. So we will spend time in James 4. We do what we do because we want what we want. We will spend time in Philippians chapter 2, contrasting the heart of violence with the mind of Christ and understanding that this perception of the world, this abusive perception, abusive worldview, is what is producing abusive behavior. So we do attempt to get to the beliefs. I really think that's where the uprooting needs to take place. And I do, that's one of the reasons why, to the previous question, we spend so much time uh, uh, moving, uh, working on identifying um, as opposed to putting off and putting on. Uh, we want to really get to a proper place of understanding and perspective uh, before we move to the put-offs and the put-ons. And I think that has a great deal to do with beliefs because abuse is a theological problem first and foremost, not just a physical or behavioral problem. It, it, it's shaped in the heart. Well, I, I appreciate everybody who has been submitting questions. I encourage you to head over to menofpeace.org, menofpeace.org, and there you'll find uh, a large document that we put together on frequently asked questions. It's a great place to start to get more information about Men of Peace. Uh, Men of Peace will be uh, released at the end of October 2021, uh, October 29th is the targeted release date. Uh, there are some, there is some work being done uh, because of my voice that uh, has delayed us a little bit, but we're moving forward with that target. So be be sure to check out menofpeace.org, read those frequently asked questions, uh, interact with uh, those who might be able to help you, connect to our Facebook page. Uh, at PeaceWorks, so you can get live updates and be part of live Q&As leading up to the launch of that event, uh, the launch of that program. And if you think this would be something that you need to take part in, you have identified some abusive patterns in your own heart, let me encourage you uh, to take that next step, to get on the Men of Peace uh, list, to make sure you're getting updates about uh, the program, and then to purchase it. Uh, I mean, I really do think 
it's uh, an investment that's worth your time and energy and effort. And then connect with somebody, someone that you know will reasonably, you know, hold you accountable. Somebody who loves you enough to tell you hard things and ask them to help you and work together on building that team of accountability as you work through the process. I want to thank everyone again for joining us. We really appreciate everyone who tunes into the PeaceWorks podcast. Thank you so much for your prayers as well for uh, both my health and then also the ministry. And uh, again, we, we will press toward our target date to launch Men of Peace. And until then, until the next time we talk, God bless you guys.